So our university is essentially a small town. Uh, we, we sit across multiple areas and we're equivalent to a small region. If we teach sustainability and think about sustainability as a philosophy and an ethos, it's also a practice. So it's really important that universities particularly demonstrate that and what that looks like, as well as how, how to think like that. Hello and welcome to the Pathway to Impact podcast series. My name is Madeline Arkins, Research Project Officer at UIN and your host for today. In this episode, we talk about sustainability at universities with Jen Dolan, Director of Sustainability Education and Partnerships at Western Sydney University. We discuss the challenges and successes of sustainability initiatives, including achieving carbon neutrality, green powered campuses, and making an impact on a regional level. Hope you enjoyed the discussion. I have the pleasure with speaking with Jen Dolan. Jen is the Director of Sustainability Education and Partnerships in the Office of the Pro-Vice-Chancellor Education Partnerships and Quality at Western Sydney University. In this role, Jen provides leadership and oversight of institutional strategic expert advice and annual reporting on sustainability to drive WSU's strategic directions and deliver on the university's commitment to the UN SDGs 2030 agenda. She brings with her a background in corporate finance, environmental economics, and sustainability policy development, as well as experience in participatory approaches to sustainability challenges. Jen, thank you very much for joining me today. I'm just delighted to be here. Maybe just to kick us off, Jen, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your role as the Director of Sustainability Education at WSU and maybe how that fits with the general commitment of WSU to sustainability? Sure. First of all, I'd like to acknowledge that our campus is a multi-campus university. We sit in Western Sydney, which has almost every sustainability challenge you could possibly imagine. But we sit across several traditional custodians' lands. So we sit across the Darug, the Darawal, the Wiradjuri and the Yurrawa people's lands. I'm a non-Indigenous person living, living in Australia. It's tradition for us to do that acknowledgement of country as a way of showing respect to the oldest living culture in the world. And I also reach out and pay respect to your elders, past and present, and Indigenous wisdoms across the world. Um, This is my third career, and it's my most productive, and I think the career that I have loved the most. I started originally in corporate finance. I was swiftly disillusioned with that. I moved into (laughs) environmental uh, management and policy at state government, and I've been at the university for the last 15 years. And had the privilege, I guess, to be here and see what's been an agenda that's been close to my heart and my passion, but had to have the privilege to see how this is actually, the university has moved and moved forward with sustainability in a really exciting way. I guess my role here, I sit outside um, the academic structures and I sit reporting up to a pro-vice-chancellor and deputy vice-chancellor, which allows me to have a, a little bit more of a bird's eye view across the university and develop really important partnerships with a whole range of colleagues at the university because we don't do this work on our own. I do it in collaboration with a whole range of amazing people. Great. Interesting to keep you outside and get that bird's eye view. We talk a lot about in the copy for this event holistic sustainability strategies. I wanted to ask what that looks like for you. What does that mean for you and how does that fit in with your role? If, if you come from a business or a corporate sector, sustainability strategies are very much focused just on their operation, uh, not just, but on their operational activities. And there is now a, a bit more of a crossover into social sustainability 
agenda in general. I think a holistic strategies are ones like the ones that we've just delivered. We've just delivered a decadal strategy. And that they, they look take take a very close look at the core operational areas of of that institution. And for universities, we are te- that's for teaching and learning as well as research. The third one is engagement and how we collaborate and extend in our local community and our operations. Our university is essentially a small town. Uh, we we sit across multiple areas and we're equivalent to a small region. If we teach sustainability and think about sustainability as a philosophy and an ethos, it's also a practice. So it's really important that universities particularly demonstrate that and what that looks like, as well as how how to think like that. And also, before we go any further, I do really want to acknowledge when I'm talking about these strategies, um, the the work of my colleague, Professor Juan Salazar, I co-authored our decade strategy strategy with Juan um, three years ago. And we had a really small but dynamic working group that sat across those core areas of the university curriculum, operations, research and engagement. So again, I speak about this, but I'm not an individual. There's many of us with our thinking that has been aligned and put into this. Absolutely. And it certainly seems like that thinking has pulled off because WSU has been named the top in uh, the Times higher ed rankings for this commitment to sustainability, which is great to see. I think it's one thing to carry out these practices and it's entirely another to be acknowledged at such a high level. So congratulations on that. I was wondering if you could give maybe some examples of, of strategies that have been put in place that you think really walk the walk of what you're doing, maybe something on campus campus operational changes? Yes, sure. But first of all, thank you for that acknowledgement. We're a really young university. We come from a a college background and we've always been deeply embedded in this community and starting in Western Sydney and beyond. And I I can assure you the whole university is absolutely thrilled with this recognition, modestly, modestly thrilled. But but it's 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 wonderful for us because we've been doing this for a long time. Many universities ha- have been doing this for a long time. So that Times Higher Ed Impact Rankings talks about impact across those areas that I met, met, met mentioned, and operations is one of them. And that rankings is one of the only rankings I believe in in the world that's had such an uptake that actually looks at that. So in terms of our campus campus operations, this has been a really interesting move for us. Uh, We don't get economies of scale because we've got our regional campus network across Greater Western Sydney. But I'm delighted. I'll just put some context around Greater Western Sydney, which might help as things have have moved really dramatically. Where I sit is is, we're 10 kilometres from those horrific bushfires of 2019 and 20 that made international news and we're still communities here recovering from that. And we're also, also, we're also sit surrounded by rivers and we've seen dramatic flood, flooding as well. This is a drowned river system. It's also, there's also a huge amount of urban development and there's, Western Sydney is in summer one of the hottest places in the world. Now we hit up to uh, 50 degrees in summer due to, due to our changing climate and our urban development, which has been out of control. So in the context of that, our campus operations is doing have been doing a lot of work around climate resilience particularly and um, what that means for our campus infrastructure. I think, oh, they're going to kill me if I don't get this right, but we've got close to 500 buildings across different, di- different campuses. In June 2021, we became 100% green-powered for our, all our uh, electric- electricity supply. And in February 2023, we've made a commitment, which is part of the United Nations uh, Race to Zero. Universities across the world have signed up to this commitment. 
And we had targets of being carbon neutral by uh, 2025, but we've reached that through our Climate Active Accreditation, which is a national accreditation in February 2023. So that's been a long journey. That hasn't happened overnight. That's been uh, required a huge investment and also acknowledgement from our university. But it's been really exciting because you start to generate not just this happening through our campus operations, but we've now got a urban research, urban research transition centre. And starting to see really strong collaborations between our engineering, our urban planners, our geographers and our campus. So that's just one really practical example of, of what we've done. And that's that's a very hard ask for a lot of universities to, to do that. And even more so if, if you have a big campus network, which we do. There's other ways that we do and talk about that, that, that greening. And one of them is that I'm on an agricultural campus here. For 20 years, this campus has harvested recycled stormwater. So we do our own recycling here and through um, stormwater and wetland recycling. And we also take uh, recycled tertiary treated sewage stormwater from Sydney Water. So that's another example how we think about uh, the integration of that then through into it's an agricultural campus. So we have the regenerative agricultural philosophy here, which has been uh, a journey for eight years. So there's multiple levels. I don't like just talking about carbon and climate because we need to also about water, need to think about biodiversity. The next thing our campus operations are doing is thinking about, and this is coming through um, international spaces as well, uh, is what net nature positive means. So not just what does our carbon uh, footprint look like, what does our net nature positive footprint look like? So it's a really exciting time um, for, for us to see this happening. At the yeah, university. and it's incredible that you're able to achieve that across such a wide network of campuses in Western Sydney. I know post-COVID, so many universities were definitely clinging to what their campuses used to look like. And I think envisioning something that is even better for everyone involved is really the direction that more universities should be going. I have a question that is is purely from my own interests. But when I was reading your bio, I came across that one of your research interests was ecofeminism. And I just wanted (laughs) (laughs) wanted to... Uh, at last uh, I wanted to know how maybe these principles of ecofeminists play into your role how do they fit into or maybe even enhance sustainability strategies within higher education and maybe for the uninitiated could you also say what ecofeminism is (laughs) (laughs) there's waves of getting to some academic theory With you, thank you. Look, there's waves of eco-feminism. I'm um, I'm probably in the third wave on of it, and it, it very simply or or, or critically looks at um, the intersections of what are, within a patriarchal society, uh, the intersections between environmental degradation, racism, class exploitation, and sex and sexism. It's totally my re- research interest, but. It's also, I think, if you take a lesson from ecofeminism, it's the thinking of how we actually work more towards an, an ethics of care rather than being combative. And it's also thinking about how we move forward in a more collaborative way. So I would be crucified if I actually put ecofeminist up as a foundational principle in a strategy. Um, yeah. Because the, the reason why I think our decadal strategy has been embraced, particularly by academic uh, by academics, is that we've taken a pluralist approach. So we haven't said, look, we all need to be eco-feminists or we're all going to be systems agriculturalists or we're all going to be social ecologists or some of the various waves of theories that come here. We've taken this really dynamic approach 
to say there are many. I saw the Dalai Lama many years ago, and he said to me, there are many ways up the mountain. And that's how we've done that because the move towards um, more sustainability practices or praxis, we don't know where we're going with this. It's not an end point. It's a journey, right? So we've adopted this approach in that strategy in our nine core priority statements and challenges, and there's many ways you can do that. The eco-feminist work that I do, though, and it was such a delight to work with Professor Juan Salazar because he is also sits in that body of thinking, is that we frame the strategy with our language very carefully around a language of inclusion, a language of evolution, not revolution, and a language of careful consideration moving forward. So it wasn't bombastic, which I think has been a real strength of, of, of the strategy. Yeah, so I guess, thank, thank you. I could talk more about, about multi-species ethnography, but I know we're here for, for strategy, but it did set us up to, to think quite carefully. We agonised over quite a lot of words and how we use them and whose voice we wanted to represent and how, and I think that comes down to those foundations of that thinking. Yeah, I've, I know from speaking to your colleague, Rachel Morley, also from Western yeah. Sydney University, that it's such a diverse spot and... Yeah. When you're considering all those different identities, you really also need to be very considerate with the language that you use to put these kind of policies in place, I'm sure. We're talking about the journey, obviously, of sustainability. One thing that myself and everyone is always interested in is the challenges. What are the challenges in getting there? How did you overcome them? Maybe not, yeah, not even challenges on paper, but even challenges culturally. Like what has been your experience? What have been the heavy hitters? Yeah, so I guess I'll combine this because our strategy came in the middle of our rankings. So I would combine this experience with our rankings and our strategy because they dovetail each other really closely. Universities are microcosms of, of the world, right? So there's a whole range of diverse and diffuse thinking here. And that's a strength. That's a strength of the, of the university. And there's a mistaken belief that we want to turn out all our students to be absolute climate activists chaining themselves to trees. We don't. We want them to critically engage with the challenges of this world and make their own decisions on on, on that. So some of the challenges, I guess, if I think about my time here and how that's been navigated, is getting a common language for what we actually even mean by sustainability and the discourse around it. I'm almost ready to move on from that word into regeneration and more inclusive words in in themselves. Um, the SDG has been really interesting, interesting because we've done so well in those rankings and the challenge is twofold. First of all, how you make sense of them. And there are large global frame, framework that nation states are meant to address in various ways, shapes and forms through their policies and practices and how you make sense of that at an institutional level. And then there's the academic discourse and body response to the SDGs themselves. So we have everything at this university from the SDGs are a foolproof way for humanity to save itself from itself with wherever it's going. The SDGs are a neo, another neoliberal plot by a, a, a bureaucratic institution to take over the world. <laughs> and we've heard that. We've heard yeah. that. We've had- We'll have those arguments. At the same time, I've also heard, and I've been here long enough to say, we'll never build buildings like we're never going to do green star buildings. Why should we do this? And now we're moving forward to that. And to the middle spot of trying to bring cultural change around from a top-down, bottom-up approach. And our vice chancellor has been totally instrumental in that top-down approach of championing that. 
that middle spot by saying the SDGs are a framework, an aspirational framework, and academics were brought up to critique things, but what we need to do is now move past critique into impact and improvement. So I think that's been really interesting and been the result of a lot of work across the university that has been happening anyway. So it's been happening in lockstep with how our policy and political circumstances here have changed. I came here 15 years ago at a time where um, successful with success, successive governments, climate action uh, was was not even on the agenda. You could barely, it was a conservative government. You could barely even talk about that. It was off the agenda in schools. All these big waves come through, and then universities have core people who res- respond to that. Yeah, does that help? Have I, no, it does. I think you. I think the challenges are multifaceted. There isn't yeah. any one challenge that comes from one area. Most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. universities can be really. People think that we're radical places, and there are is, is can be that, but they can also be very conservative places and everything in 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 between. So I, I think that's been really interesting to see in various ways how that's moved forward and the cultural shift at our own university. And it's not perfect, and nor should it be, because it's no. life. Right? Poetic. <laughs> Very poetic of a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon slash morning. Um, I wanted to ask, considering you're director of sustainability education, and education yeah. obviously plays such a role in that. Yeah, I wanted to get your opinion on, uh, pick your brain on just changes in curriculum geared yeah. towards sustainability that have been happening in recent years. What is your thoughts on it? Do you think yeah. they make any great impact? Are you seeing any changes on the horizon in terms of curricula that is exciting? Look, when I go to meetings with, with say, and I am showing my age, but say engineers who have come through my my, my era with no sustainability and understanding, there's never been a more stronger argument. I mean, I read somewhere, and this is a very old statistic, I think, from the University of Gloucestershire, that 60% of the world's population get to go to university and they go on to make 80% of the world's decisions in leadership roles. So if you want to have a case for how we do just transitions, so when I talk about sustainability, actually social and cultural justice and inclusion and transitions, and not just one SDG, but they're interlocked, and that's incredibly challenging. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, that universities have a core role in delivering education that isn't, and this isn't new, this is not new at all, transformative education. There's transformative education at this university 30, 30 years ago. We've come from a strong lineage of that in terms of our thinking transformative education to enable students to critically engage with these great challenges of our time I think what's really interesting now and I am starting to see is a more stronger and we're certainly doing this at our university alignment across disciplines so moving from a disciplinary silo to arts-based methodologies working with science for instance or a music program working working with our marks and marks and health areas. So I think that's really exciting. And I know if Rachel Morley was was over with you talking around that and those, that school of design, arts based and com arts, that's really exciting. Because and moving forward with that, we are working. So we also work with um, our new graduate attribute, which um, we've conceptualised what that looks like, and we're basing it around the notion of think, care, and do. With social emotional learning, we don't want students just to know facts. Want them to care. Caring brings change. Most definitely, it does. 
maybe on the inclusion piece, you know, university community engagement is obviously a very important branch of caring, not only for one's student and staff population, but also the surrounding ecosystem that the university pulls resources from and also gives in return. How does WSU extend its influence in community in this way in sustainability and what impact has it had there? I guess I first say it's in a two-way two-way we learn from our communities as well. It's in our core foundational articles. It's in our DNA, and I think we've had a lot of um, press recently around that. And generally, I don't have read press, but I do actually agree with it because I've I've seen it and I've seen how it works. It's in our DNA. How we move. We're, we're not a big sandstone institution. We're young, and we've come out of being deeply engaged with our schools, and we've had these relationships with schools for twenty years. And it's also how we work in our community, our researchers. There's a wonderful researcher who works on urban cooling and how we map uh, with our local councillors the idea of how we create cool suburbs. That's a really amazing example example of how that works in Western Sydney. Sebastian Fouch is his name and he's just marvellous, but he works across the entire Western Sydney Regional Organisation of Councils and moving up into policy areas. That's what, what, one, one, one way in terms of research. In terms of our schools' engagement, we do quite a lot around, around that in terms of pathways and participation, access and equity. And my own work that we do out of here is with our river work and work with communities across the river. We're currently grappling with the idea of what is a voice for the river and how, how does that look like? Yeah, there's. I've just given you a couple of highlights on how we work with communities, but it's something that has grown with the university as we've, we've matured. And I think we were called a few years ago a university of, of this region, and we still like that. Nice. I like that sentiment. Maybe to take us home, Jen, what advice would you give to other people, maybe in similar roles in academic institutions who are also seeking to reach these same milestones or these same heights at WSU? What would be your parting advice? We actually do some mentoring and work with other universities on this, and it's been really delightful because what I've found is many universities that we work work, work with are doing much doing this work, but it's actually how you tell your story. It's how you tell the story of who you are and you know who you are. And our university, we know who we are. We're very clear around that in our narrative, in our reporting, which our, our sustainability reporting is storytelling, which myself and my colleague Brittany deliver with 40, 40 people across the university. Tell your story and be passionate about it. Look at your research strengths and they should drive you and inform your curriculum. And just be positive and move, move forward. My last sort of mantra really is good work with good people. That's what we do here. Yeah, and that is key. Absolutely, having people around you who are also in it yeah. to win it and uh, understand the common goal that you all have. I think that idea of having a shared identity and a clear identity for university plays into so many other aspects of like even working in strategic partnerships and knowing who to partner with and and how others see you and perceive you is, is also really important. Jen, thank you so much for this great conversation. I really enjoyed it and have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the discussion. Follow UIN on LinkedIn. And if you're enjoying our podcasts, make sure to subscribe, rate and review on your podcast platform of choice to help others find this content too.